0: Awesome, Kelly. Thank you so much. Right, We're welcoming on John Kingston now. And John, we have a little bit of movement in the energy markets. Thanks for joining us this morning.
1: I think we got a lot of bit of movement, actually, in the energy markets, not a little bit of movement. Um, it's really been pretty astounding. Here we are, we're wrapping up July. The ultra-low sulfur diesel price on the CME Commodity Exchange, which really is the, the basic building block uh, for what eventually ends up at the pump, uh, through yesterday was up 53 cents from the July 1st settlement. Uh, it's up about five cents this morning. So we've been on quite a ride here. And, uh, you, you know, you obviously you started to see that at the pump. The DOE, EIA number that's used as the ba- basis for most benchmark, most me, basis for most fuel surcharges was up 9.9 cents uh, when it was posted on Monday. Now, there are two ways to look at that. 9.9 cents is nothing compared to some of the one-week upward movements that we've had since Russia invaded Ukraine. But if you take that out of the equation and you go back 10 years, cents would have been like the fourth biggest one-week jump uh, in that number. So it just goes to show you how big it was. Here's the thing. There's really no news here. Like, there's no big interruptions. We haven't had a hurricane. We didn't have a country lose several hundred thousand barrels of of supply. Um, It just seems to be the predictions of the tightening market that Uh, were held by kind of the bullish camp for a long time. And and they were looking like they were kind of, you know, off off the mark on that, just suddenly seemed to be taking control. And uh, so, you know, you look at the uh, like the monthly report for the International Energy Agency, and you look at that after the end of the month, end of the year, and that they've been kind of bullish. They don't predict prices, but they've been kind of bullish on the supply demand balance for several months now. And you know, it looks to me like the market is starting to take them at their word, and that's been driving the price up. Um, the dollar has been a factor. You know, the the, the dollar moves down and prices move up. Um, and dollar did move down for most of July, but the dollar's up the last couple of days, and the price of oil is still up. So um, we seem to have kind of a really like a secular run here that is based on at least expectations of supply and demand rather than any kind of news-driven rally.
2: John, I think this is super interesting. Again, I was reading your article that you put out earlier this week, and as you mentioned, there was no major news that backed these changes. It just kind of seemed like they're happening out of the blue. We're also seeing a narrowing of the spread between the retail and the rack prices. Can you talk a little bit about that? And that's kind of continuing on its trend that we've been seeing for the last couple months.
1: Yeah, well, this is is very significant, really, because you know what you pay at the pump is going to be built on you know several building blocks uh, obviously it's going to be obviously the price of crude is the starting point but then the the, the futures price of diesel uh, that you see on the cme then what is the spread between that and physical diesel in the key markets the gulf coast uh the gulf coast the Atlantic coast etc um and then how does that that translates into wholesale numbers and then what kind of speed are retailers moving their prices at relative to the wholesale prices that they have to pay and the fact is as we've been moving up in the because the, the wholesale market tracks the futures market pretty closely so the wholesale market's been moving up through all of july as i mentioned and retail has not up until really that last week that i mentioned and the spread between retail and wholesale which we have in the fuels.usa spread uh, in sonar you know is down to like the lowest level in a long time which means that retail has a way to go to catch up so that's, you know, for, for a consumer of of diesel, that's kind of a discouraging point.
0: And John, as you mentioned, of course, it comes down to that supply and the, some of those demand expectations. What does this kind of come into play when we're looking at the movements or the expected movements from OPEC plus? Is this coming into play or is this expected to come into play in the near future?
1: Well, it I, I may be coming into play already. Um So uh, the uh, S&P Global Commodities uh, Insights, which is the houses of former Platts, where I worked, at, they come out with a weekly, excuse me, a monthly estimate of OPEC plus production. The OPEC plus in May compared to April was way down, about 660,000 barrels a day. In June relative to May, it was pretty much flat. Now, the Saudis were going to cut a million barrels a day on top of that. The indications are that they are doing that. So uh you know I want to see what the the latest numbers are going to be which will come out in about 2 weeks uh on what OPEC plus produced but you know they have sliced a lot out you know really the the big the, the big unknown is demand um the 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 kind of bearish argument is that the chinese have not really come out strongly uh after they ended their uh zero covid policy that europe is maybe in recession or close to recession Now, I know we had really strong numbers in the U.S. yesterday, you know, today that came out this morning. The GDP numbers were really solid. So that's kind of the big factor. I mean, the the counter argument would be that Chinese demand is actually pretty good. They're putting a lot into inventory. Uh, U.S. numbers are are very strong. The other thing is the U.S. production, based on the weekly numbers, is down about, just on crude, is down about 200,000 barrels a day over the last few weeks. And that's not an insignificant amount know in, in a tightly balanced market so that's a factor as well uh, so yeah we're, we're 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 not driving on the news we're driving on the perceptions or the reality of what the supply demand balance is
2: so John you always mention of course looking forward to winter and what winter could possibly bring as people uh set to set up their heating oil stores and things like that to get them through the winter are we looking at people already starting to prep for that or is there this kind of expectation where you know what we're just gonna kind of Live in maybe the slight surplus that we have right now, and things are okay
1: well remember the winter the winter for diesel really takes care is really kind of a two part of the first would be harvest season because that's uh, you consumes a lot of diesel, and then yes you go you go into winter. diesel inventories in the u s are not as low as they were a year ago because they were really low uh, going into winter last year, and you know, if you remember that's what resulted in the five dollar diesel prices that was a key factor. Uh, they are higher than they were a year ago. They are lower than where they have been historically for this time of year. Uh, the latest numbers were pretty much flat from the prior week. And really, you should be building at this point. You talked about the heat before, Kaylee. Uh, there are some some indications that that the hot weather is maybe affecting some refinery operations down in the Gulf. So, um yeah, I mean we're we're going into the the harvest season and the winter at this point with inventories that have not built significantly. They were down to like ninety six million barrels, and they're up now to about one hundred thirteen million barrels. So that was a nice run, but that run seems to be over. That that already happened. And in the last report, we didn't really move at all. So uh, that that's definitely a concern going in. Let's face it we had a uh, we had a, a gift from heaven in terms of diesel consumption from last winter because it was so warm in Europe. And it was so warm in the U.S. Maybe we'll get that again.
0: And, John, we're looking at things domestically. What is domestic production looking like? Has that ramped up, eased, or really kind of remained the same over the past few months here?
1: Well, just in terms of crude, it got up to 12.4 million barrels a day just a few weeks ago. These are the weekly numbers. They're subject to revision. They are not considered the most accurate. The monthly numbers that come out two months later are better. Um, the latest weekly report is that it was down to 12.2. So, again, that's 200,000 barrels a day. You know, that's not an insignificant amount to lose that. Um, and the other thing is, you know, there, 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 there have been two sales from the SPR. The one was uh, the Biden administration's decision to sell oil as a result of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The second are budgeted sales that were set like years ago. Uh, you know, the, the SPR was really getting... High, more than it needed to be relative to consumption, relative to rising U.S. production. Uh, those sales right now have, they've kind of flatlined too. So you're not getting any oil out of the SPR. Plus you've had this, this 200,000 barrel a day drop in U.S. supply. So all that is, a, is, is helping to tighten the market.
2: It's been interesting to watch. And as you mentioned, a crazy ride. We're expecting it to continue to get crazier. John, thank you for joining us this morning.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: And of course, you can find John on Drilling Deep. That's something that you're gonna wanna check out because he's a true market expert and a man of his craft. So definitely check out Drilling Deep on Fridays and tune in for that. Right now, we're gonna take a short break, but we'll be right back with more failures now.